Hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we are going to geek out about Buffy. Today's episode is season two. Nope. Yes. Three. Season three. Season three. <laughs> God damn. See, <laughs> so, hold on. This is why you can't be at four different points know, in the show while you're gonna, watching. I was going to say, okay, wait, hold on. Let me finish. We're season three, episode four, Beauty and the Beasts. So the reason <laughs> what Kristen's breaking up is I am rewatching I, I'm rewatching my normal rewatch, which I'm like I basically abandoned because I was like mm. in, in the middle of season five, and then I'm rewatching for my art, which I'm in the I just started season four of Buffy and season mm. one of Angel, and then I'm watching for this to record with you, but then I'm also <laughs> listening editing. to our yeah editing our <laughs> podcast, which was in season two, so I am all of it. <laughs> I have to remember oh to like keep it straight when I'm talking to you, because um, and I've done it a couple times where I'm like, oh yeah, and then Buffy beat up that one guy, and you're like, hasn't happened yet. I was like, not yet. All right, <laughs> never one. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> um, that's a good problem to have. Too much Buffy is a good problem to have. Too much Buffy, yeah, it's nice. Um, all right. So this episode, for anyone not watching along with us, is the one where um, there's people getting mauled to death and. They're trying to discover if it's Oz breaking out of his cage or Angel, who just came back to life. Um, well, only Buffy's trying to find out if it's right, Angel yeah, yeah. because she has not told anybody yet that he's back. Yeah, and she won't for a while. Um, yeah. And this 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 episode has a lot of really good stuff to talk about. Um, to, to kick it off, Xander, it kicks off with Xander fucking up. Bravid Harris reporting for Ozwatch. Xander, oh good. Now, oh, Call of the Wild. Aren't we reading the cliff notes to this for English? Some of us are. Anyway, it'll help you stay awake. Okay. <laughs> I had forgotten. I remember the scene in the morning. Right. I always remember the scene in the morning where they're like so mad at Giles for drifting off. Or so Giles is so mad at Xander for right. like having slept. How long exactly did you Rest your eyes full. A little now, uh, a little then. But I never heard Oz leave, and he was here in the morning when I, um... Woke up! What I never remember <clears throat> is that Xander, like, deliberately falls asleep. Yeah. He, he crawls just lays onto down the table. on the table <laughs> to fall for the express purpose of falling asleep. And I was like, you <clears throat> son of a bitch. And so in that case, and then he tries to be all defensive later. And I'm like, we all know that you right. deliberately fell asleep. It's, this is horrible. It's funny you say that because I have that same memory where I'm always I go into the episode and I'm like, Giles was a little out of line. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I love when he says, walk up. Like, it's so yeah, it's great. So <laughs> um, but he's I always remember this episode with Giles being out of line, mostly yeah. because he comes in on Buffy and is sweet about her being asleep. And I'm like, did yeah. we just have this argument? Like, you shouldn't be sleeping while watching Oz. Yeah. Uh, but then the first scene starts and he literally Willow walks out of the room and he just makes a bed on the table like in Immediately. Immediately. It's not like he they don't even do the funny like he's can't stay awake and he just falls asleep. No. Like he just purposefully goes to sleep. Yeah, because if he had accidentally fallen asleep and it was like we thought it would it should be, I could f I, I would still think Giles was out of line and I could forgive Xander. Anybody might fall asleep when they're up all night. It is six o'clock my time right now and I might fall asleep during this episode. Right. I'm so tired. <laughs> 
But that I just was like, that is unforgivable. Yeah. So how many unforgivables is Xander up to at this point? At yeah. least the two. Three. Yeah. Three for now. Yeah, he's 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 yeah. in bad he's in bad standing. Not good. He's he's never not, not in all. bad standing. Um I will say though, Buffy does an unforgivable in this episode as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Well then we'll get to that. We'll, I'm not, I'm not we'll sure get there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um and so they get news that uh, that something killed somebody. A male student was, was found in, in the woods. Which student? Jeff Walken. Jeff? He was... I know him. I'm afraid he was, he was um, terribly mauled. Now, uh, much as I hate to think it, 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 it could be the handiwork of, of... Me. And also, uh, by the way, we, we should call out, they... I don't think I ever realized this. I never thought about it. Um, because it's been so long since phases, this the yeah. season two episode where they revealed Oz is a werewolf, they completely changed the look of the werewolf. Yeah. Because he was like a full, he was a biped werewolf with a snout and everything in phases. And in this mm-hmm. one, they made like the human hairless face and no yeah. snout. And he runs on all fours. I don't know why I never, I think just because there's like one one or two scenes with the werewolf in yeah. phases. Um, but I do like this one better. I like that it's, well, it's more like, personal to Buffy than, and not just like yeah. the traditional werewolf. And it also is like makeup on Seth Green's face. Right. <laughs> which which is you true. can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, so yeah, they, they find out. By the way, speaking of the, um, them being mad that Xander fell asleep, it, Plot hole wise doesn't make sense that that Oz as a werewolf would get out of that window without breaking it and then come back into it to hide in the cage like that. A hundred percent. I'm like, why didn't any of them go? Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. He wouldn't be in here. I mean, it's like if it's like a just in case. I mean, they should like try to clear him anyway. So if it's like a just in case kind of a thing, then fine. But you're right. It's like we obviously we know that Oz can like jump when he's. Yeah. A wolf or whatever, but you're right. It doesn't totally make sense that he would then come back. Right. Like, yeah. why would he come back to this place? He would have woken up in the woods again, like yeah. he did in season two. Yeah. There's no reason for the as we've seen, though. The, they don't have that kind of control when they're a wolf, yeah. and he wouldn't want to be in the cage as a wolf. Right. Um. So yeah, that's always just kind of a big plot hole that I'm like, oh, I'll let it slide. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's not it's not worth breaking this episode for this episode does enough to break itself. Yeah, it it, it is really a, a really great metaphor episode. But yeah, there's there's some elements put in place. Oh, there's a lot of things that just happen for the sake of advancing certain storylines instead of like, oh, this makes yeah. sense. Um, I also just like I don't feel the need for Debbie and Pete at, at all. all, like at all. How did Debbie? Hi, Oz. Those are pretty flowers. Thanks. Pete brought them for me. I think that they're useless. It's it's a very it's a very season one type of story, Debbie and Pete. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to say like the show does continue the monster metaphor for life, and I love this aspect of like I love the story that they're telling, the domestic abuse, like thing that they're doing. It's just the random guest stars. Yeah. is very season one like this is what this means where Buffy has yeah. matured into like letting the themes of the show be the metaphors of life which 
So it's kind of a weird in between. Yeah, it's also I'm going to compare it to an episode that I think is better, which is Ted. Um, And it has a a better actor as the guest star and everything. But for me, it falls into that same sort of category where it's like, that's a really heavy, dicey subject to be tackling in a 42 minute show in which we have an A and B plot also. Yeah. And so it's for me, it like it just doesn't totally wash because you're right. It's two characters that we've basically never met before. Oz like sort of knows them and they are friends with Scott, but Scott is also such an unknown quantity that that does not help their, you know, being appealing to me either. And then it just is like for no real reason, Pete is beating Debbie. Yeah. And it's like there's there's not enough real estate in this episode for that to come to a satisfying conclusion. It doesn't come to a satisfying conclusion and the episode is very victim blamey to Debbie. Yeah, by Buffy. It's tricky covering a fresh shiner like that. You know what works? What? Don't get hit. By Buffy. Yeah. And that's the that's just where I'm sort of like Is that the unforgivable thing? That's the unforgivable yeah. thing for me. Agreed. Where I just like I don't understand like because okay that's the thing too is in the episode for Ted like the Ted episode that was using the like metaphor for two things one is like how do you feel and react when your single parent starts dating someone that you don't like fine and the other one is show specific which is what does Buffy do when she kills a human but this one has no such moral it's just like what if Buffy blamed the victims of domestic violence yeah. and like that's kind of the end of it. And so I do like parts of this episode. I like the Oz A plot. I like the Angel B plot. And I like this flavor of faith. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love this flavor of faith. Almost everything else is I just pr- I pretend it doesn't exist because yeah. I think Debbie and Pete and Scott are all just we could have just not had them and the season would have progressed as normal. Yeah. And it would have been fine. <laughs> we could have. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Or they could have been characters that we've sure. known and then had hints of like, yeah, him being controlling to her and then reveal the abuse thing. Yeah, um, it could have been like a like a, a little bit of a slow burn, like three or four episode arc or whatever. But it's I think that's the other thing is the fact that they rip through the story in like what amounts to 10 minutes of screen time in one episode. And it's like, you know, so I hit my, my eye on the doorknob and it's just like, you know, cliche after cliche after cliche. And then also, in addition to that, I have to listen to the hero of this show say, you know, how to avoid or how to like cover up or, you know, how to fix your black eyes. Don't get hit. And Which, it's just oh, like, oh, that's the worst. Ugh. Yeah. I was like, that's not a good thing to say. And then she calls her already broken. He does love me. I think we broke her. He does love me. I think she was broken before this. Yeah, that really rubbed me the wrong way. It's bad. It's really bad. And I just like this for me is like a misstep. Yeah, this watching them confront her in the bathroom. It's like I always know it's coming and I'm like they really Willow and Buffy hand like mishandle it. 
Willow just well, kind of like is a bystander to yeah, Buffy Willow being doesn't an really asshole. do anything. Yeah, Willow doesn't do anything. Um, and then Buffy, she it's funny because I was like trying to look at it critically, and I was like, she's essentially they don't. I feel like they don't write it well enough, which mm-hmm. is odd to say because the show is written so well, obviously. But they, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to get in their heads, and I feel like they're they're putting and Buffy, basically Buffy is working out her own therapy on this girl. Yeah. Like you don't get the fairy tale ending, you stupid asshole. Like she's saying it to herself, basically. Like you just yeah. got you just got Angel back, and you need to just snap out of it. Like you're not going to get your fairy tale ending, and like, but they didn't do it well enough or go far enough. So it's just Buffy being an asshole, and that doesn't come through. Like in the other ones, yeah. like when we watched I Only Have Eyes for You, it was like. Very clearly, you understand she's going through something. Because the other thing, the other reason then that I think the metaphor doesn't work based on what you just said is Buffy does not have Angel back. His physical body is back in our plane of existence. Right. But he's not Angel right now. Like up to that point, he's still not Angel. And she doesn't know what's going on. She actually at a certain point thinks she might have hallucinated him because she has a whole conversation with Giles about hell dimensions and what would he be like. And he Giles is basically like it's nearly impossible for him to even come back. And if he were to come back, he would be unrecognizable. And so that's how that you know, part of the metaphor doesn't wash. And it's just like, and honestly, this is actually the D plot of the episode because the C plot is actually Buffy going to see the like, the therapist in school therapist counselor. People can change. You can change. Now your turn. Let's start with why you ran away. That's a long story. Mm. Bore me. That's the thing is like that. The A plot of, of Oz, the B plot (sighs) What did I say the B plot was? <laughs> um, Angel coming back. Yeah. The A plot, the B plot, and then the C plot of Buffy going to therapy is enough. Yeah. Like if she just had to have, and it was something else that killed, you know, the therapist, that's fine. I just, Debbie and Pete and Scott just are, I th- it's a no for me. Honestly, I think it's, it's because they crammed too much in. I think Way they were like, much, they yeah. were like angels back. You know, but maybe Oz killed something. And also there's this other guy and also Buffy's therapy. And it's like, guys, whoa. Yeah. Like, let's do one of these, one or two of these. Also, I don't need two red herrings about who's killing people. Right. Yeah. Because they're like, maybe it's Oz. And then Buffy thinks maybe it was Angel. And then all of a sudden, no, it's a third unrelated person that we only met this episode. Yeah, it's an unnecessary twist. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, it would, it would have been, I was not, never mind. I was going to say it would have been like that episode and, um, uh, the, the twist at the end of talking to dead people in season seven, like if that, if they didn't do, um, the Pete and Debbie, if they just had it, you know, like, let's find out if this is Oz or if something else. And then the end of the episode was Angel who did it. But then obviously that doesn't go with the story of. Yeah, it can't be that. But I just think that it I they would have had to come up with another like central conflict or whatever. But it could have been just pick a pick a demon, you know, like just pick a demon. Just we don't need to we don't need to introduce two new characters just in order for them to have a toxic relationship. And, you know, Buffy doesn't need 
that's the thing. It's like none of it is necessary because Buffy doesn't need this other character to be telling her how creepy she thinks the therapist is. Right. Because Buffy likes the therapist. Buffy didn't need outside conversation about the therapist. He was helping her. He was cool. He liked her. And it's fine. And if it was just like someone else trying to destabilize the Slayer or something, that's like a whole different thing that we could have handled. And it's just like... I don't know. None of it really washes for me in a way that it like upsets me more almost every time I watch this episode. And I just have to like stick to the parts of the episode that I like because (laughs) the the Pete and Debbie and to a lesser extent, Scott, I'm like not into it. And Scott judges what Buffy's eating for lunch. And I mean, I know that it's just jello, but like stop talking about your girlfriend's lunch. I can't I can't back you on that lunch. Nutritional demerits. Mm. My stomach doesn't want hard food today. But there's fruit in it. Some marshmallows. Oh. I did think it was funny, though. I mean, <laughs> she it has is a giant funny, pile of jello for yeah. lunch. And I do. So at the beginning, when she first sits down, he's like, I can't back you up on that lunch. Yeah. And that's kind of cute and quippy. But then he, they talk about her jello lunch for like six lines of dialogue. Yeah, where she's like, it's got fruit. And he's like, those are marshmallows. Marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, stop judging Buffy. So. Okay, wait, here. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to the other stuff in a bit. So, so basically, Scott, I was going to say, Scott with Buffy, when we first see them as a couple, I actually like. Yeah, like yeah, they have like a cute little yeah. back and forth about whether they're at the stage for flowers. Yet. Right. Like I just, I, Which, I, I enjoy seeing Buffy in a sweet, healthy, sure. normal relationship. Yeah. The only time. <laughs> yeah, but she is like bored to tears. No, you she's, can tell. Yeah, she's definitely like, I'm going through the motion. It's more like Buffy going, well, you know, this is the life that I keep saying I want. And she's yeah. realizing like, I don't want this. Exactly. Um, and I also have a bone to pick with, are we at flowers yet? We're not up to flowers. Are we up to flowers? Did I miss flowers? No, we're pre posy. Definitely. Because you've already given her what amounts to an engagement ring. <laughs> yes. So you're well past flowers. <laughs> you you wait you wait way past flowers. You that. sprinted past flowers <laughs> on the way to the wedding day. Well, and so the the other thing I want to mention about Scott is I while he is a boring character and he will, spoiler alert, turn out to be a complete douchebag. He um, will be gone in like one episode. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah, it's next episode, I think. It's yeah, homecoming. Yeah, yeah homecoming. Um, <laughs> and and he's re- he's revealed to be a douchebag in homecoming. Yeah, because Faith tells him off. Um, I would have preferred if the breakup is due to his grief of losing losing his two best sure. friends, and oh, he's no, just they're like never mentioned again. Right, and I'm like, I would be so down for a story where like Scott's like, I'm sorry, I just can't be in a relationship. Like, I really dig yeah. you, but I have to end this. It's upsetting for Buffy. They could still do the whole thing she does with Angel where like, I'm with, I'm with sure. someone, and then he breaks up with her. And then let that just be realistic. Like, maybe that was the one that got away. Maybe that was a relationship yeah. I should have had instead of just, like, easily tying it up and be like, oh, that was a douchebag. On to the next. Like- yeah, also, Scott says in this episode that he knew Debbie and Pete since before they started school. So, like, since the age of four, right. at least, they were friends. And then and he gets he, over it. They are never mentioned again. He does not talk about them in the ne- next episode. And then we never see Scott again. No, nope. And it's just like... <laughs> okay, I guess. What a weird situation. Yes. 
It's like they introduced Scott just to get to this episode. Yeah, which totally does not make sense either. No. Um, because in that case, I don't think Buffy needed a love interest for these episodes. No. Like, why? What's the purpose of this? There's no purpose because in addition to that, and I'm going to do a minor spoiler for people who've never seen any of it. We're going to get Buffy dating a normal dude. Yeah. You know, quote unquote normal. We're get we're going to get there. And I don't think it needed to start now. And that's that's a much regardless of how people feel about said character. That yeah. is a much more natural progression. 100 percent, because by that point, you can argue this, you know, for as long as you feel like. But by that point, she is like out of the weeds with the angel stuff. Yeah. So it's like she's still deep in the weeds of it here. Yeah. It's been like four months tops since that happened. And by the time that we're in season four and the new characters happening, it's like very she is she's past it. She's had, you know, a lot of time to process a lot of stuff. They've had, you know, endless conversations about the Romeo and Juliet part of their romance. And it's just like it's it's way past it. And so and she's had a one night stand in between. So it's just like, you know, there's distance at that point. There's no distance at this point. And so not only is her relationship with Scott not realistic, but it also is not following a natural progression. And everybody who is watching the show with both their eyeballs knows that it is not going to last because she's not over Angel in yeah. any capacity. It's a very reboundy relationship, which Way I, reboundy. I guess I would have I would be more forgiving to the Scott Hope character if it felt like they were exploring the idea of a rebound relationship. But it yeah it just feels like a muddy storyline that does that has yeah. that serves no purpose it's just like and then this it's like where did this come from and that is to be totally honest one of the reasons why season three is like in my like lower in my ranking of the seasons is because it starts out so sloppy like it is the sloppiest beginning of a season in yeah. my opinion it doesn't you know we it's it's still how many weeks until we even meet the villain of the season? Mm -hmm. Two or three. It's a while. Yeah. No, more than that. It, I like. Because we don't even meet him in band candy. We meet him in the next one. Do we? Yeah. The the mayor takes Mr. Trick. OK, so like barely, though. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. Not I mean, like we don't fully thing. understand the scope yeah. of him. It's not like a thing until I want to say like the episode bad girls right i like that's insane and so it's that kind of thing where i'm like the beginning of the season is so sloppy we waste so much time with scott in the first place and then there's like this which is this episode which is just totally useless in my opinion and except for except for bringing angel back and having buffy talk to a therapist those yes. are the only things that are like that are good well and <laughs> that are useful so speaking of the therapist scene is the next one after uh after the window reveal and this yeah. therapist it's a theme that you and i have been talking about oh, yeah. um where buffy keeps getting these mentors who believe in her in her life and getting killed in those same episodes and uh, and this same one where this guy really like breaks through to Buffy. He's like not letting her get away with her glib remarks and her um, blase approach to what 
you know, has happened, what trauma, emotional trauma she's experienced. And he's like, no, like, give me the dirt and bore me like, quote unquote, bore me with your story. And she's kind of like starting to open up to it. And the scene later in the episode when she comes and obviously reveals that he's dead, she starts to pour her heart out. I get choked up every time because I'm like this, you know, she needs this. I need help. I just, I need to talk to someone. I'm so scared. It's this guy. He's come back. And she can never, she's always just like right there. And in this show, and it's smart for the show because they keep, they keep doing it to her and she keeps growing on her own, but she does need this, especially for the types of shit that she's had to go through, like the dying and Mm -hmm. everything. Like she needs to go through some kind of therapy with this. And so this is one of those episodes where I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it always bummed me out because I was like, oh, finally someone's talking to Buffy and she's listening and she's talking and they're listening and it's great. And then she's like, you know, dumping everything on him in that second scene. And then she goes to like walk closer and she, it catches her eye that his cigarette is burned all the way down to the filter. And it, all the ash is just there and he's just like sitting still. And then it turns, you know, he, we pan around to the front of him and he is extremely dead. Yeah. But I don't know. It just is really annoying, especially because she never actually really has deep conversations like that with Giles. And she should. Mm-hmm. That's literally his job. Right. Is to like be there for her emotionally. Mm-hmm. And he just never really does. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah. This is this this that's that's it's like really good. The introduction of this therapist and the idea of Buffy opening up and dealing with mm-hmm. her stuff. But uh, it's also frustrating because I, w- I would watch a whole episode of Buffy talking about everything. To a ther- yeah. like, a, like a bottle episode of Buffy in a therapist's office going through everything. Sure, absolutely. I have a show to recommend to you. Have you ever watched In Treatment on HBO? No. Oh my God, it's so good. They just um, st- like sort of rebooted it with um, Uzo Aduba. And I haven't watched any of that yet, but like 10 years ago, probably they did it with Gabriel Byrne. And every night, it, it was on four nights a week, I think. And it was like every night of the week, Gabriel Byrne was the therapist to a different person. Mm -hmm. And then on Thursdays or Fridays, he had therapy with his therapist, Diane Wiest. And it was so good. (laughs) It's like one of the best shows I've ever seen in my whole life. And so I need to watch the new stuff. But it's obviously not Buffy in therapy, but it is (laughs) just like it's like 30 solid minutes of like. Gabriel Byrne talking to his patients. One of them is Mia Wasikowska. One of them is the dad from Frasier. One of them is Blair Underwood. And one of them is Melissa George oh, in wow. season one. It's, oh, Melissa and George. And then Allison Pills in season two. Okay, I'll have to check that out in yeah, treatment. it's really good. Um, Sorry, that was a nice little uh, detour. No, yeah. I, I tell everyone about that show because it was one of the best shows I've, I'd ever seen. Yeah. No, I'll have to check that out. Um... I also love in this therapy session that it's something that happened with her and Joyce, too, that the show does where um, because she had told Joyce what Angel did. Obviously, before Joyce found out um, 
because Joyce didn't handle the sex thing very well. But before that, right. she found out that Buffy's or Joyce said something like, um, "You let me guess, he wasn't the guy that you thought he was, or he turned out yeah. really mean." And Buffy was just like, "Holy shit, she's right on." And it's that. And he does the same thing where he's like, let me guess. And he kind of guesses what her scenario is. And it's not Buffy doesn't handle it in a you just don't you like you're you don't you're saying human things, but I'm I'm dealing with something more. It's more of a realization of like, oh, shit, the thing that I'm dealing with is a universal thing, even though it's, you know, happening in this demon world. It's very something that a human person that doesn't know my life can help me with. I I really like those attentions to detail instead of just making it like you just don't get it. I'm a slayer. And he was my first. I loved him. And then he changed. Yeah. He got mean. Yes. And you didn't stop loving him. Look, lots of people lose themselves in love. It's it's no shame. They write songs about it. The hitch is you can't stay lost. Sooner or later, you, you have to get back to yourself. No, a hundred percent. I definitely agree with that. And to go back to the point we were making before I rambled about my favorite <laughs> HBO show of all time. Um, this podcast is, presented by HBO. <laughs> by HBO Max. Um, no, I really think that the therapist, his name is Platt, I think, right? Yeah, Mr. Platt. He, Mr. Platt. I think if we were going to take anything out of this episode moving forward, it should have been him and he could have been killed by something else in three episodes. And that would have been totally fine. But I think it was extremely short-sighted of Buffy not to have access to continued therapy, at least for like three more weeks, Yes, you know, because also (laughs) the fact that she also doesn't go to another, like the school doesn't make her go to another therapist after this is kind of alarming because she specifically says that it's to prove that she's like ready, like okay to be in school still. Yeah. And so in that sense, I'm sort of like, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why we're just pretending that like all of this is fine. He couldn't have had time to sign off on your shit. If anything, she needs it more now because you just witnessed a dead body in addition to all the shit you did. A hundred percent. Speaking of which, there's no way that, Pete killed him so fast that he didn't even move his body. Yeah, because it takes him like 10, 15 minutes to kill Debbie. Right. Like it's so and and the wounds on Mr. Platt's face and body are as if he was like pawed at. So I'm like, he would have moved his arm. I mean, I get it. I like it. I love the the image and everything. But it's another one of those potholes where I'm like, he didn't just like swoop and go. Like. Yeah, I mean, he's not magic. Yeah. He's just taking, like, Dr. Jekyll. Yeah, he's just really or, strong. Or, like, Mr. Hyde potion, yeah. He's so dumb. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was that's the therapy story. And, and to your point, I think it would have been just as equally or even more so devastating if Buffy had been going through all of this and then he was killed. Either he yeah. was killed in the middle of therapy and she still needed help or like he really helped her get over a hump and she came yeah. to tell him that she was doing better and found his body. Like any of those would have been great. I feel like it was a disservice to kill him off this early. I agree. Um, and then. Plus, ne- again, another character of color. <laughs> yes. This show is uh, <laughs> dead immediately. And I don't time. care for it. Um. 
I don't quite understand why Oz is mean to Willow. Oz? Get away from the cage. What? It's gonna happen soon. Get away from me. Yeah! Yeah. Is that one of those things? Because I said something about Oz being uh, everything Oz says I love. And you're like, there's a couple of things that are not good. And this is one where I was like, oh, right. He's an asshole for no reason. I think I was more thinking of the season four stuff with Oz. Oh, yeah. But I don't love this. And I I kind of understand where he's coming from because it's sort of like a I don't want you to see me this way type of thing, except he doesn't say those words. Right. And it's kind of a like I am in too distraught of a place to like really engage on this topic, except he doesn't also say those words. Right. And so he's just like, get away from me. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, you don't have to be quite such a baby. She's trying her best to help you right now. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. yeah it's it's funny, too. I mean, because he's he, it's they do this again later. This this bit where he goes to walk away. She talks to him. He's like, I was kind of yeah. doing my walk away thing. Um, and it's great. And it's kind of like he's annoyed that basically he's annoyed at Willow because, you know, she's right. She did. He's right that she did. But she's right that he has to go into the cage. Yeah. And so but he's just like a little too mean where I'm like, this is unwarranted. Willow did literally nothing. She's like fighting for you this whole time. Yeah. Um, And so then Buffy sees Angel while she's out patrolling. Angel has blood on his lips, which means he definitely killed somebody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I probably I was weirdly giving him the benefit of the doubt in this scenario and thought he maybe just like fell down and hurt himself <laughs> and got blood on his fangs. <laughs> Look, also, he can't help it in this moment. He's no, like a sure. feral animal. So it's like I I mean, obviously, yes, he killed somebody, but I also can't I can't hold it against him in this episode, although that being said, he makes a remarkably swift turnaround from this episode to the oh, next. Oh, yeah. So, well, they do. They kind of it, it kind of plays into why they do Angel, because Giles says, like, yeah, someone who someone would have to be remarkably strong to come back from that long in hell and still have some semblance of humanity. Uh, so, like, yeah, it really hints to, like, why we're choosing him to lead his own show. Mm-hmm. Um, Although also the implications of what Giles says in that scene are staggering because now Angel is nearly as old as Darla. Yeah. He's much older than Spike and he's even older than Buffy now. Yeah. (laughs) And he's seen so much more trauma. (laughs) But Angel. Yeah, Angel. Yeah, yeah. Because because of being in hell. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. sorry. I just wanted to make sure I was following the thread on that. Um, So he's he's been there for at least 100 years. Yeah. I but always assumed more. Uh, yeah, I always yeah. assumed he was there for like a thousand like oh, that's too many. That's he was there for <laughs> six million years. No, because <laughs> well, then if he were there for a thousand, then he'd be older than the master. And the fact that he still looks like David Boreanaz is suspect. Yeah, well, it, they've because they, they've already done weird things with that. Where like the the guy who came with faith, the vampire, oh, sure. he was older than the master and he looked different. He had cloven yeah, hands okay. in the Masters. So they're kind of like willy nilly about what happens to you over time. Um, yeah. And maybe vampires age differently in hell. But because in Anne, 
the guy was gone for a few days and aged like 80 years. I was like, well, three months would be many of those. So I always just assumed it was thousands. But the thing that always upset me is Angel always still maintains the age on Earth. And Mm. I'm like, but you technically are older than that. But I guess they didn't want to confuse people. Because they do that in, I mean, in Doctor Who. There's a there's a yeah. whole there's like thousands of years that Matt Smith spends alone because of Rory and Adam and uh, Amy. I mean Amy. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. Rory and Adam's my fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Rory and That's Amy. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's also. I mean, there's sort of stuff like that all over the place because I've like it's specifically in fan fiction because i've like read some buffy ones that are like well technically buffy is already 18 because of the time that she spent in the hell dimension yeah and like however many months forward it is and then there's especially ones um harry potter ones where hermione is older because of the time turner. oh yeah all the time so turner. she gets like an extra year because of the time turner and i oh and so she's like already older than the rest of them and then she's like a year older than the rest of them i always like stuff i love fucking around with time in like tiny ways like that where it's like i did this one thing six years ago and now i'm older than you yeah no well i love that stuff too and i wish they i feel like they they shy away from the technicalities of it because the general not to say the general audience doesn't get it but they don't want to confuse people who aren't thinking about it or don't care sure where they're like what do you mean why is hermione 18 and they're 17 and then like have to explain it so they're like whatever if you know you know if you don't it's not part of the story (laughs) yeah i mean not for nothing but hermione is 18 in the seventh book anyway right yeah she is a year older than the rest of them her birthday's in september (laughs) (laughs) so um but yes so Angel, Angel was in, my goodness, my dog is barking. I don't know if that's <laughs> coming through. <laughs> um, but uh, so Angel was in hell. Buffy's asking Giles. Something I do love about the scene when Buffy's talking to Giles is yeah. he's, um, he very much looks like he's thinking about Jenny. Yeah. Well, he even says he is too, because he mentions that he, because she says, what if I told you I had a dream about Angel? And he's like, well, I dreamt about Jenny a lot right after she died. And I like I had dreams that I saved her and that she was still alive. And I mean, if we're being totally honest, I still to this day have my my mom has been dead for seven years and I have dreams to this day that she is still alive. And like but in my dream, we had a funeral and it like she was dead. And then I go home and she's there. And so it's like, that's something that's real. That happens. Yeah. And so I really liked that, that that was like brought up in there because that's like, I think something that people don't talk about enough that it like, and because it's the type of thing where it's like, before I'm fully awake in the morning, I'm like, oh, I'll have to call my mom and tell her. Right. And then I'm like fully awake and I'm like, well, (laughs) I can't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's awful. Yeah. And, and they do they do spend the time in that episode to, like, give mm-hmm. it the respect that it deserves. Like, this is oh, a, yeah. this is a true thing. It's not just glib. But, um, yeah, no, he he does. Definitely. He talks about Jenny. I dreamt that he came back. Of course. After Jenny was killed, I had dreams that she was still alive, that I 
saved her. And it could also just be my me projecting this on him, but mm-hmm. I, he obviously talks about like seeing Jenny, but I feel like he's also thinking about like Buffy fantasizing about or you know imagining or whatever word you want to choose angel being alive still and that being the person that killed the love of his life mm, like I, he's sure. thinking to himself just like he's just like she's like well what would it be like if he came back and giles was like i'll fucking murder him that's what it would be <laughs> who, like who cares yeah giles <laughs> like, is like get away pass. like i feel Stop like he's keeping it. keeping it together for buffy yeah but also like still angry about because we will see in a few episodes when he's faced with angel like how he still feels about him, um, yeah. which I think is great. Um, and then, and then Willow and Xander go to investigate the autopsy. They do the autopsy on the body. Willow I, passes out. No, okay. I love this scene because, in my opinion, Willow is just holding it together in order to get the information that she needs. Yeah. And she's being so bossy in the most fun way where she just keeps grabbing. Like she's totally like, like as if she's a doctor, like none of it's phasing her. She keeps grabbing Xander's hand to keep the flashlight on the, like um, on the body. (laughs) Cordelia comes in and and similarly freaks out. It's all very funny. And so I think once she's done doing the things she needs to do, it all comes down on her that she just was like inspecting a dead body. Okay. Of like someone they went to school with. Okay. I can see how that is. That That's, would make you okay. faint. That, that, what you're like powering through. You're, you're there on adrenaline alone. You're trying to prove your boyfriend didn't commit a murder. And it's just like, I can see that. That's see that. That makes sense to me. I think my biggest issue with it is like, they don't ever officially talk about it. Xander just yeah. says, Doesn't look good for us, does it? And I was like, but what do you, are, did she find something? And then later she's like, it's inconclusive. I'm like, so why did you, I love your explanation, but they never really just like yeah, address it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, um, it's a lot. But that's great. I'm, I'm going to use that as my headcanon. It's, that's, that's, <laughs> that's really clever. Like the fact that she just kind of like had to focus and then was like, wait a minute, I just cut open a human body. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Um, Looking at horrible wounds and grabbing stuff off his body. Yeah. I also love that Giles is worried about Oz being late and we cut to Oz and it's like 12 in the afternoon. The sun is above his head. I'm like, what are you worried about? Yeah, it's full. It's full daylight. It's not even October. Yeah, Oz is pacing like he's so nervous he's going to be late and he's got to give her the thing. And I was like, what are you you have hours until the sun sets. Yeah, it's that's one of those things that I'm just like, whatever, whatever. This is maybe it's later than we think. Yeah. Like school is apparently out. So, I mean, it could be like five pushing six. Yeah. But they at least had like nobody was in the in the yard. In the quad, like, it yeah. was just them. So that made sense. Um, oh, yeah. And then I wrote Buffy's an asshole to Debbie. Yeah, not great. Yeah, we talked about that. That was that's bad optics, Buffy really the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> um, and not like, and, and not to rehash it too much, but it's just like it could have been, even if they wanted to keep this story and let her project her own thing and let someone else, because in those other episodes, she's an asshole, and Willow yeah. is like, "You're being an asshole." Like maybe it's yeah. this. They don't but that's do that. My- 
I think that's my biggest issue is that like Buffy doesn't have anything to pro- be projecting onto an abusive relationship. No, no. Well, I mean, she does. She's she was in an abusive relationship. Sure. OK, but not. <laughs> but not it's not the same knowledge. type of abuse. Angel wasn't hitting her for sport. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that's not the same thing. And also it's like it goes into stuff I have to say about both Angel and Spike in the future. They are in relationships of equal physical strength. Yes. And that is where it's the biggest difference. Like, she is equally strong as the vampires, if not more so, on a, on the fledglings, the new ones. Right. Debbie is not as strong as Pete when he's taking this potion. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't even work as a metaphor to me because Buffy has never been physically abused by a partner. Right. Well, and that, that more so I mean like had they written it to sure. to connect to in fit. some way, yeah. Yeah. Um whether it be like she was broken up with Pete and Pete was taunting her and her mentally torturing her, yeah. Sure. The things sure. that Buffy went through like had they thought about it more, I'd be like super yeah. into it, but they just haphazardly did it and calling her broken regardless yeah. of being well written is just a really bad take. Like that is yeah, just not good dialogue. Um, it was it was de- it's definitely it's not my favorite episode and it's of the whole series and it's not even worth mentioning in season three i think i usually let people skip this one when i'm suggesting episodes for them to watch usually yeah you're just like angel comes back and that's about it um and buffy hides it uh angel kills pete and buffy's reaction is kind of what my reaction was where i went oh god (laughs) yeah (laughs) he just snapped that kid's neck like obviously he's very strong and like dangerous and he's a monster but he's also a human kid yeah like did buffy have to take the heat for another dead body on campus right like Like, well and they even (laughs) pointed out later they were like so he wasn't under the influence of anything he was just an asshole and he made a potion to make himself stronger and they're like yeah and i'm like yeah and he was (laughs) murdered (laughs) like this is this is bad there's a lot of really bad ideas in this episode it's not great it's definitely not great um and then yeah i already talked about so the other thing this is so fucking random but when angel shows up he growls a lot and it made me Mm -hmm. think why vampires are growling all the time on buffy like i never really thought about it it makes sense to add to the um to like audibly signify that like something is dangerous because if they were just standing there and then they just run at you it's just a person with stuff on their face but the growl like makes it more animalistic yeah i mean they are like apex predators yeah but it's like a lion roar every time they do it we're like (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know (laughs) there's the part of me that really likes, you know, that really likes it. Oh, I love it. But it's, I do, I get your point where it's like, sure, but, but But how and why? That's that's legitimately, that's literally how I was thinking. I was like, like, okay, I love the direction you're going. (laughs) Super cool. The growling is amazing. I just have two questions. How How is it happening? And why why? is it happening? And once you answer that, we can move forward. But they like don't ever really answer. I feel like there was a producer when they made it. They said those exact words and they went, we don't have a reason how or why. They went, 
okay, keep it in anyway. It's great. And the producer was like, cool. It's yeah. hot no matter what. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know on. who I'll bet it was? I'll bet it was Dolly fucking Parton. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's like a silent producer on this show. Yeah, she she like, is. is one of the reasons the show stayed on the air. Yeah. She heard the that's, growl. She's like, that's amazing. No, yeah. No, keep it for sure. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. sure. This is brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's the episode. Scott's really upset at the end that Pete and Debbie are gone. And then that's the last time he's upset. And that's it. And he's never he's never sad again. And then he's a dick in the next episode. Um, I do like the book ended um, using quotes from Call of the Wild. Night came on and a full moon rose high over the trees, lighting the land till it lay bathed in ghostly day. And the strain of the primitive remained alive and active. Faithfulness and devotion, things born of fire and roof were his. Yet he retained his wildness and wiliness. And from the depths of the forest, a call still sounded. Oh my goodness, yeah. I always kind of liked that. And her sitting there, I love the last shot of her just like staring at him, sad on the ground. As much as it's, you know, the the mopey, melodramatic love story of Angel Buffy, it is a beautiful like ending. (laughs) Yeah, I don't consider this the mopey part yet. It's not mopey until Angel can talk again. And then it is mope city for the rest of the season. That's why I assumed you hated season three, because Angel is just a mopey floof. (laughs) It's like the, it's the worst type of man that he is for the rest of the season I can't stomach it but I love that shot at the end too and I I love that because you know she is trying so hard to like she doesn't know why this has happened she doesn't know anything he can't talk he can't tell her anything you know she's Giles has told her that it, it is nearly impossible and only somebody that's like extremely motivated could so it's like there's so much going around in her head and for her to just be sitting there watching him. I think that's very lovely and I like it a lot. And then, you know, as soon as his fucking mouth opens again, he starts <laughs> saying human words and stops growling. <laughs> can't take it. You're all skip season three. Like, get out. No, I never skip season three because there is so much good stuff. Yeah. But I don't pay attention to some of the episodes. Yeah, that yeah. that's fair. There's good good reason for that. Oh, my God, Trevor. I just realized mm-hmm. I think we're going to be recording amends right around Christmas. That makes me the happiest boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have a fake snow machine in my office while you do, we record. You're like everything. <laughs> I'm going to have it. bangs. <laughs> Don't do bangs. <laughs> You're going to come up on Skype and you'll be like, nope, and just hang up. Nope, goodbye. We're done. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's this episode. That's um, And the next one, as we said, is Homecoming. Homecoming is a big episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. I don't know that it's necessarily a big episode, but a lot of fun stuff happens. It's, yeah, it's kind of iconic i guess yeah. like it's there's a lot of things to reference from it but yeah it's not you know it's not graduation or becoming yeah. or anything like that um but yeah so that's it uh thanks for listening you can follow us on twitter i'm at trevor carley and i am with my other podcast at so i'm watching or my personal account at fiddle dd 85 and as always please rate review and subscribe and we will see you next time bye